Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Uh, it's one of the issues I'm going to discuss now with Minister of State James Brown, the further developments on the reopening. He joins me now. Good morning to you, Minister. Good morning, Alan. So just, uh, we're, we're here specifically, and we're going to focus in on, in just a moment on the gambling legislation that you brought in, but uh, there has been movement in relation to nightclubs, etc. But could maybe, uh, Minister, if we could just tackle Bernie's question first there. Um, she's not the only one expressing these concerns. Are we reopening everything a little bit too soon? Well, we're opening in accordance with uh, public health advice and this reopening has been very gradual since last summer and as we've reopened, we haven't gone backwards at any stage so far and that's because I think the gradual reopening and taking the necessary precautions as we do so. Uh, look, we do, I suppose, have to get to a point where we can live with COVID. It's not going to go away anytime soon. It seems to be here and it's, it, it is changing and if it changes in the future, we'll have to react to that as well. But I think also we have to somehow get back to normality uh, but doing so in a safe manner as possible. And as I say, this is in accordance with public health advice and I, I think look I, I trust the nightclubs and the the hospitality sector as well to do their part here in, in ensuring that the precautions are put in place and it would remain for example festivals like the Spiegel tent there on where Bright Bird and Lantern will be able to go ahead which is a hugely important part of the, of the opera festival here in Wexford Town so I, I understand people's fears we're, we are doing this based on public health advice and we're doing it right. in an incremental matter. Alright, uh, under the Plan Minister, nightclubs can now open at 100% capacity, live venues can open at 100% seated capacity with a maximum of 1,500 additional people standing. And as we've heard from the VFI, they're, they're broadly or warmly welcoming some change that people can now go to a bar counter, order their drink and return to their seat. So are these the major changes that were finalised yesterday? Yeah, these are the major changes. So the intention always was on the 22nd today to fully reopen all of the entertainment sector. But because of the increase in the COVID numbers. There, this has been happening from today, but with a little bit more precaution and a little bit few more safeguards put in place. But I look, I understand people's fears, but I'm also dealing with young people on a daily basis and they're, they're missing out on a huge part of their growing up of being able to go out and socialise and mix with other young people. And then also there's our live entertainment sector and uh, the music industry as well, who have been absolutely devastated out, out, out of COVID. As has often been said, the first to close and the last to reopen. But if we're going to retain any that that sector, I think they, they have to get back to an element of normality and allow them what they, what they do best, which is to provide uh, quality entertainment. Good luck to all involved and let's let's hope it all goes well and goes safely tonight. Uh, We have just heard from Irish Water another uh, boiled water notice 25,000 people affected minister as we speak this morning bottled water flying off the shelves of our supermarkets as we speak in Wexford as well. Uh, A listener has just said text in, our water treatment plant is 100 year old technology. I asked Irish Water does it need major investment? We've had the situation at Crea Water Plant. We now have this situation. Simply not good enough minister is it no look at one level the the plant in wexford worked as it's meant to do that uh, when something went wrong the alarms went off and the boy won her notice issued and that's what did not happen up in korea and that's why we had a major incident 
up there and we're look, I'm looking forward to see the review to see exactly what happened there and what is going do, to be Do we know when that review is due? I was led to think it was going to be two weeks, but here I am. I think this is into the fourth week now and I know there's a lot of reviews going on. When are we likely to see the results from the in-house um, uh, <laughs> reviews? When are we likely to see these reviews, do you think? Well, as you correctly point out, there's actually a number of reviews happening, uh, both by the EPA, the HSC, and um, the and other bodies, Irish Water itself as well, and the Minister for Housing is wanting to see these reviews as quickly as possible. I suppose look, the, re- the reviews have to be done carefully and have to be done right, but there needs to be clear transparency on exactly what happened in Korea and Gori because it was totally unacceptable that right. people's health were put at such serious risk. But in, the, in case of the Wexford one, look, at least the alarms did go off, but we need to see further upgrading of, of all of these plants. It is happening across the country and in Wexford as well, yeah. but we need to get to a point where these instances actually don't happen. So you believe that, it, like that text who said our treatment plant is 100-year-old technology, investment does have to be earmarked for something like this, perhaps urgently? Yes, look, we, we, and we've seen a significant upgrades in, happening in Gorey at the moment. It's happen, happening in Inniscorty as well. So the, there is movement happening. Some of these technology is outdated, but they are replacing them um, as quickly as possible. And we've okay. seen the $12.5 million investment for Duncanon, Ballyhack and Arthur Sound as well announced there. And we turned us out on that a few months ago. So it is happening. It was not possible to do everywhere at any one time. But I think the most important thing is that these alarm systems do work to at least be able to warn people when these incidents are happening. And we do now to move to the next phase of ensuring that we don't need these these instances happening at all. Well, let's, let's move on to the main talking point with you and me today, uh, and we're, we're glad to, to bring this information. I sat down with my son last week to watch a Premier football match on one of the satellite channels, and I kid you not, I counted five ads uh, promoting online gambling. Absolutely crazy stuff, Minister. Just like we banned uh, cigarette smoke, uh, cigarette ads, is it now time to ban these online gambling advertisements as well? Because it, it, it is so destructive to our young people, those who can't cope with this online gambling. Is that going too far, do you think? I see in, in your initiative you're going to cancel the whole idea of credit card betting, free bets and services such as VIP or preferential treatment. It's absolutely baffling that they are allowed to advertise so much at the moment. It is, and advertising has become all pervasive. As you say, you see the ads on during the matches or at the breaks, but then the, a lot of the teams are wearing gambling ads sponsorship on their jerseys and it's around the stadium as well so it, it, it there was um research done in the uk that during one match of the day between the games they were showing and and the ads that there was 78 percent of the time you were actually looking at a gambling ad which yep. is absolutely crazy and we're seeing the gamification of sport which is completely wrong so it is <clears throat> it is challenging on the advertising side of it so strong restrictions are going to be brought in place but because we watch so much uh, British television and British sports and then also advertising on Facebook and YouTube and these other online platforms, it's not like it was, say, perhaps 25 years ago when you could ban advertising on terrestrial television on our Irish TV stations and that would be the end of it. We don't have the same level of control as we used to have. So we need to look at the technology and how can we do that. So we are going to do this, but we have to work out how technically yeah. it's going to be done. But the regulator who will be appointed is going to have very powerful and robust uh, powers, not only to find gambling institutions who breach the codes of conduct around advertising or, gam- or advertising to, to children, but also to be able to suspend their licenses or even contact the ISP providers and get the uh, gambling 
uh, institutions actually taken offline. So they have very, very right. powerful uh, uh, powers here to enforce the rules around gambling. Oh, okay, let, let's cut to the chase, Minister. What's in this? Because I mentioned about the credit card betting and the free bets and services such as VIP or preferential treatment. I have to compliment you on this because this is the sort of thing that people will definitely want to see implemented and implemented very quickly. So this seems to be more than white smoke. This seems to be the real deal. It's a very comprehensive piece of legislation. It's, it's what we call, there's 142 heads that's kind of a technical term in legislation, but basically it'll end up being probably about a 200 section bill on regulation. Um, so it'll be a huge piece of legislation as it works its way through the houses. As I say, a very powerful, independent and robust regulatory authority with a CEO will be appointed and they'll be able to detect, investigate, prosecute post sanctions and even uh, take uh, gambling institutions offline, uh, prevent them from actually lose their licenses. But on the public health principles, which will be a fundamental part of this legislation as well, we are going to end credit gambling, any of those types of inducements, VIPs, free bets, special odds, Mm. also the targeting of people, because we've seen this in the past where people who have gambling addictions or problem gambling, they get to a point where they stop gambling and the next thing they're being offered specialised odds or again free bets to lure them back in, tackling advertising and also there's going to be a social impact fund. Mm. So the the gambling uh, sector is going to have to pay a levy into a social impact fund and this money will be used for education, awareness, research and to assist in treatment as well for people who have gambling addiction. So we've tried to do something very, very comprehensive here and I think it it will be very effective. Yeah. Look, the gamblers may also place themselves on a self-exclusion register to prevent them from placing bets. Uh, This is very interesting. How does that work? That's it. So look, like any addiction, uh, sometimes people don't have awareness, but with some people when they have addictions, they do get to a point where they have an awareness that they have an addiction. And what they'll be able to do is put their names onto a register. Now, we've to tease out the GDPR side of this, but that, but it, it, this does happen in the UK. And you'll be able to put it yourself on a register with the regulatory authority, who then can notify the various gambling uh, institutions that have a license in Ireland that you're not to be allowed to place a bet. Now, there, look, the people will say there's ways around that. There will always be ways around it. But what I can help somebody with an addiction is at least slow them down that when that impulse is there to give them a little bit of breathing space. Right. So that's a, just another step to help with all the other steps that we're putting into this legislation. What will also be in this legislation actually is consumer protection because at the moment for those who do gamble, there's actually no consumer protection out there. Strictly speaking, um, uh, uh, bookies or a gambling uh, institution don't have to pay out. Uh, but this will actually, for the first time as well, bring in consumer protection for people mm. who are gambling. So we, we've tried to address this from kind of every aspect So we have. All right. Look, uh, when do you hope to get all this implemented? A lot of that will be out of my hands. It will be down to the doll and the Shannon and how quickly we can get it through there. It, it typically probably would take about 15 months. Even that is quick for this type of huge piece of legislation that is trying to address so many different aspects of our society under gambling but if it can be done quicker it certainly will be and we'll be appointing a CEO for the regulatory authority over the coming months as well 
so that everything will be ready to go. So we're kind of looking at very early 2023 at the moment to have both the regulatory authority and the legislation all up and running and enforceable. All right, I have to leave it there because we're going to link in with the HSC in just a second. But PJ Fortune is tuned in at the moment and he's asked me to ask you about uh, fireworks in the Enniscorthy area every night uh, and they seem to be ignored. And what is the position there? Could you shed, Are you aware of that, Minister? It's just literally come in as a text. Yes, and I, I was actually listening. I could hear them last night from my own house here in St. Aidan's Village in Enniscorthy. Um, so fireworks, other than somebody who has a license to use fireworks, is actually a serious criminal offence. It is um, comes under the explosives legislation, and um, so that's what I would say to anybody who's using uh, fireworks that uh, you yeah. actually are committing a very serious criminal offence. And there is a guard operation out there called Operation Tombola, and the guardy are treating those kind of instances very seriously. Southeast Radio's morning mix.